going on, my friends? Welcome back to the What If Project podcast. My name is Glenn. Uh, I'm your host, and this is, what is this? Episode 261. We're talking to Teresa Reed today uh, on Instagram. She's known as the Tarot Lady. And she wrote a book. She wrote a bunch of books. But this book that we're talking about today is her newest one. It's called The Cards You're Dealt, How to Deal When Life Gets Real. And this book, it's a book about grief. It's a book about seasons of change in our lives when it feels like everything has been flipped upside down and the universe is like shaking you by the ankles and like everything is just falling out of your pockets. Everything you had organized is just falling on the ground and life is a mess. And she talks to us about how tarot cards can be a tool for us as we process through all of that stuff. Now, I realize that some people are hesitant about tarot cards. Okay, I get that. I used to be one of those people. Okay, you're talking to the guy that grew up. I was the poster child for all things fundamentalist, evangelical, right? Tarot cards are of the devil. There's 78 cards representing 78 demons. Stay away from them because they're a doorway for you to walk into hell. <laughs> that's what I was taught. That's what I believed. That's what I taught people. Uh, but I began to ask questions and began to do my own research and started to talk to people who have been working with tarot cards or educated in tarot. Um, and I started to realize that some of the beliefs I had were based upon misconceptions. So I know that some people might be nervous about this. Please don't shut this off. Okay, please give Teresa a chance because she talks early on in the episode before we talk about anything else she speaks to some of those fears and misconceptions that people have in a very gentle kind of a way and really kind of positions or frames the cards in a little bit of a different way that I think is it will be really helpful for people and I say that I say give this a chance because the way that she approaches tarot in this book is so unique like for me you all know that my father passed away in March and I started using tarot cards about a year ago, uh, but I started using them all the more shortly after he passed away because I felt like the cards helped me see things about myself and about my grief that I wouldn't have been able to see otherwise. You see, the cards, and she talks about this in the episode, the cards tell a story. Every card has a picture. That's all they are. It's cards with pictures. And every card tells a story based upon the picture that's on the card. And these stories are stories that are wired into humanity, right? The different morals, so to speak, of stories that you see in like places like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, in the Shakespeare plays, uh, in the parables of Jesus, in different you know Buddhist writings. These the morals of these stories are wired into the very fibers of our human beings, and those same seeds and those stories are found in the stories of these cards. And so for me, I see so many parallels between the cards and the stories I grew up learning about and studying in the Bible. And so for me, when I look at the cards, they almost remind me of these different Bible stories. I'm able to see the Bible story or the story of Jesus, whatever, in a much different way. And that's been so powerful for me as I've been trying to navigate through the waters of my own grief. And so this book, uh, it's a new book. It's been really helpful for me. The publisher was nice enough to send me like a physical copy. 
Uh, we talk about some of my grief in this episode. And I love Teresa. She was so gentle with my heart because when, when I start talking about my grief, because I'm somebody, and I talk about this in the show, because I'm somebody who has who squashed down my grief for so long, like in my past, when my grief comes up now, and especially when I start talking about like my dad and things like that, I feel like my mind goes in a thousand different directions and it's like a runaway train. And it's hard for me to formulate my thoughts. It's hard for me to kind of keep focused. It's hard for me not to go off in a million directions or burst into tears or whatever is going to come up in the moment. But Teresa was so gentle with where I'm at in my journey. And uh, yeah, I think I think this episode will be helpful for you. So if you're in a season of grief, change, life is crazy, uh, give this episode a chance. Give the cards a chance. Uh, see what might unfold for you. Or stand at a, dis- at a distance and just kind of listen and look and wonder. And that's okay. It's okay to do that too. No need to jump right in. It's okay to kind of stand on the outskirts and observe for a while as as well. Uh, yeah, that's what I got. What was I going to say? I was going to say, see, see, this is what happens when I start talking about my things. My mind goes in a billion different directions. Oh, yes. So I'm going to put the links to uh, Teresa and her book and all the different things uh, in the show notes. Also in the show notes, I'm going to put links to my books. Patreon, if you want to support the show, that's a place you can go to do that. Uh, all the money that comes in from Patreon goes to help uh, pay the bills, put food on the table, keep the lights on, things like that. And it also gets you entrance to a Discord community where we chat throughout the course of the week. Some weeks we talk every day, some weeks it's like pretty quiet in there, but there's always people in there uh, to chat if you need a friend. So anyway, that's all I got. Links in the show notes. I'm going to be quiet. We're at six minutes of an intro. That's long enough. Enjoy the show. Episode 261 with Teresa Reed, the tarot lady, the cards you're dealt. everybody welcome back to the podcast today we're sitting down with a brand new guest her name is Teresa reed uh, also known as the tarot lady on instagram uh, she's written a number of books and she's dropped by today to talk to us about her newest one the cards you're dealt how to deal when life gets real and so Teresa, welcome to the fun uh thanks so much for making time for me and our listeners hey glenn thank you so much for having me today i am excited to talk to you Thank you. So first things first, uh, for listeners who maybe aren't familiar with you, uh, your Instagram page, things like that, and your work, can you tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and who are you? What do you do? What's your Starbucks order? <laughs> tell us what we need to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. My name is Teresa Reed. I'm better known as the Tarot Lady. I am the author of multiple books. I've been uh, reading tarot and astrology charts for over 40 years. 
I no longer read for the public because I'm focused on writing and teaching. Mm -hmm. uh, you can find me. I'm pretty easy to find. You can find me on my website, thetarolady.com. And I'm all over social media, as, always usually at the Tarot Lady, except on TikTok, because someone grabbed the handle, so I have to be like the Tarot Lady official over there. <laughs> but other than that, you can, <laughs> in general, you can tell which, which one's me, which one's, the, I like to say, the real Slim Shady, the real Tarot right. Lady. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, there's a lot. I've noticed like with the tarot people that I follow, there's a lot of like scammer tarot accounts out there because I, I follow you. I follow like Stephanie Capone, um, Meg Wall and a few other ones. And like every once in a while, I'll see that they followed me. But I'm like, I know like Meg already or Stephanie already follows me. I'm like, it's weird. And so then I'll go look and they have all of their pictures on their account, but it's not them. They're trying to get money. Yeah. And one thing that I've learned is this is one of the reasons why I don't follow many people any longer because mm -hmm. they will go to your list and try to find out who you're following and then they hit those people up. So yeah. uh, some people think that's me being stuck up and I'm like, no, I'm trying to make it so these scammers don't bother you. And that's really um, taken my problems down to almost minimal. Oh, there you go. That's good to know. I'll pass that along to people. <laughs> yes. I mean, it, it sounds weird and counterintuitive, but they're looking at your list and, and, you know, they're looking to scam. There's all yep. kinds of scammers on the internet, unfortunately for, I mean, you can find them not just in my industry, but the beauty industry. Uh, yeah. I, I know some beauty bloggers have gotten scammed. It's really, it's really awful. Yeah, it really is. My grandma would say, get a job. That's what my grandma would say. <laughs> exactly. Right. I mean, invest, your they... <laughs> invest your energy in something yeah. good is what she would say. <laughs> well, imagine if they took the energy that they're doing to try to harm people. Right. And actually put that into a real career. Exactly. Exactly. Imagine if everyone did that, right? <laughs> yeah. Imagine. Imagine. All right. So your book um, is, is so... I don't even know. It's it's so heavy, but in like a really, really good way. And we have we have a lot of ground to cover. But before we kind of get into it, I was wondering if for a moment, if you could speak to our listeners who maybe are a little bit hesitant about the topic of, of tarot. And I think that you'd be the perfect person to kind of speak into those questions or concerns because you address them so well um, in parts of your book and some of your other books as well. But uh, honestly, like when I did my first tarot episode about a year ago, uh, I think I had Brittany Muller on the show. And uh, I've talked to Stephanie Capone, like I said, Meg Wall before, and I've had a few other tarot readers. I've done my own blog posts. I've attempted to do some like little tarot videos where I kind of talk about like my developing spiritual practice and things like that. And I've realized that people aren't too sure what to think of me <laughs> because I think that they have some misconceptions uh, judging by the comments and messages I've gotten uh, concerning what tarot is and what tarot is not. And so I was wondering if before we kind of dive into your book, if we can clear the air with some of those those different things that people might uh, be worried about. Sure. Well, tarot first of all is seventy eight paper cards. Let's just start right there. And every one of those. It's cards, not seventy eight demons. That's no, what I was <laughs> not at all. They're paper cards. I mean, they are nothing more than that, and they have images that are you know archetypal images of mm -hmm. our journey here mm -hmm. on the planet, and also our day to day activities. And anybody can look at those cards like a picture book and they can kind of get a feel for what that's trying to say yeah. and how tarot works as a reader comes up with a question we, or, or a querent, querent is the person who's getting the reading. We shuffle the cards and then we lay them out in patterns called spreads and look at the story that's unfolding. And the whole goal for readings is to help you see where you are right now and where you're heading and maybe if there's a better path. It could also be a tool for looking within and unraveling all those knots that we all have tied up inside ourselves. 
much as like those ink blots. I mean, everybody's heard of those. Ink blots help to uh, tap into different parts of our psyche. Well, tarot does that too. And it can tell you, okay, well, right now things feel heavy. This is what you need to know. These are things you can do. So it really is a tool for guidance mm. and it is a tool for making better decisions. It, that's it in a nutshell. And unfortunately, because of popular media, you know, some people are under the assumption that there's something sinister about it. Mm -hmm. And there is absolutely nothing sinister about tarot. Tarot is simply 78 cards, mm -hmm. paper cards. And like any tool, it's all in the intent of the user. Now, anything can be used for good or ill. I mean, anything. Yeah. Um, you know, it's really up to you. So if you're looking to help yourself, to get guidance, to look within, to try to figure things out, tarot is wonderful. But if you're looking for it for something else, I'm sure you can find something negative to do with it. And I like to refer to it like a hammer. Mm. A hammer can be used to hang up a beautiful picture. It could also be used to smash a window in. Mm -hmm. You know, what are you intending to do with this? But in a nutshell, it, it's on its own. It's very, very neutral. Yeah. I love what you said about, because like a lot of our listeners are familiar with the Bible and the Bible stories. And I've I noticed even just like after using them for a few months, so many parallels between the image I would see on the card and what my spirit or whatever inside would think would kind of draw these different parallels to scripture verses or stories in the Bible that I was super familiar with because of the archetype. Like you said, that particular story maybe in the Bible is so wired into humanity and it's the same kind of story that, that's in the card. And so what I've started in the last uh, last like two months, I'm doing this series for my Patreon supporters called Lectaro Divina because when I was in seminary, you know, we did like. Uh, Lectio Divina, which was taking a scripture passage and sitting with it, meditating with it, and seeing what the Spirit might evoke in us uh, in terms of how that's, that particular passage applies to our lives. And so I've been doing the same thing with tarot, but then drawing parallels in my in my different posts for my supporters about how the, the card coincides with a particular passage of scripture and tying it all together. And it's so interesting to me because it's like I, I look at it, I'm like, ah, yes, like I've read that before in the Bible and I'll go find it. In there and it's there and it's just so interesting that all these parallels exist and for me that helped me drop my guard a lot because i was nervous about tarot in the beginning because of everything i was told and taught about it but doing that on a regular basis has really helped me you know better get a better feel for it there's so many misconceptions about tarot mm -hmm. and one of the misconceptions is that there is something again sinister or inherently evil about it and like that's not true yeah you know i grew up in a very religious household too we grew up catholic Mm -hmm. And, you know, my parents were really into church. We went to church, you know, every week, every holiday. Uh, catechism, we call the CCD back in the day. I even taught CCD, by the way. Mm. So I grew up in a very, very religious background. But the one thing is my mother was very psychic and mm. my family was very superstitious. So there was never anything weird when I picked up a tarot deck. They didn't care. They were just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> they, they thought of it like it was nothing. They were more concerned about the rock albums I was listening to. Right. <laughs> They were busy. What do the lyrics say? Right? <laughs> yeah, they're burning my punk rock albums, right. but uh, they didn't care about that because you know intuition was honored in our house, and they just yeah. said whatever. Yeah. So I didn't have. I was fortunate that I didn't grow up with uh, any fear attached to it. Yeah, and I only encountered that when I started reading professionally. Occasionally, I would come across somebody, and they'd be like, "Oh, oh, no, no, I can't touch that. That's evil." I'm like, what are you talking about? about yeah. this is actually going to help you it's not evil yeah. uh, but that's again it's because 
this is what it's this is how it's portrayed in the public eye and some religions unfortunately also tend to look at anything that's connected with divination as something that is bad and it's not yep that's right that's really good all right well i hope that helps uh some of our, our listeners kind of drop their guard a little bit uh because this tarot book that you wrote this particular one is not we talked about this before we hit record it's not like your typical tarot book right because you have you have typical tarot book things in there where there's descriptions of the cards there's some how-tos in terms of starting a tarot practice, like you touch on those different kind of things, but you talk all about it uh, through the lens of life and death and grief and loss and these seasons of change. And so maybe I was wondering if you could maybe begin taking us into the book by talking to us about how tarot has been your companion uh, through those kinds of times in your life and maybe give us a snapshot view of how your tarot practice has even evolved and changed um, as a result of those times, and then fueled you to the point where you you wrote this book to help people who maybe find themselves in similar kinds of places. Well, you know, when I first started reading tarot, I was a teenager. Mm. And of course, what were we reading for then? Silly stuff, like <laughs> about dudes and does this guy like me? Like that kind of stuff. Is he going to ask me out? Is he going to ask me out? I mean, that was like the stuff I started with, the really yeah. like mundane things. But as I began working with tarot more, um, I could see that, again, it wasn't just for that kind of nonsense. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it was really helpful. It gave me depth. It gave me some direction. Mm -hmm. So throughout my life, it's always been helpful in that regard. And when I started reading for the public, what a lot of people assume is that when people come to a tarot reader, that they're going to come there to ask about, will that guy ask me out? <laughs> and sometimes there are people who come and they want to talk about love or money. Those are very common, common topics. But oftentimes, what I found at my tarot tables, people came in with the heavy stuff, mm -hmm. the really heavy things. They came when they had a problem. Yeah. And so I would have people come in. I just found out I was ill. I've been diagnosed with this life-threatening illness, or my mother's dying, or mm -hmm. you know, I've gone through this situation, that situation. So a lot of my work for my clients really started centering around that. Let's get through the hard stuff together. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. And by that same token, you know, as my life went on and as I got older and I'm nearing retirement in a few years, well, suddenly when you start getting on this planet for a little bit longer, you start dealing with some hard stuff too. Mm -hmm. You start dealing with loss and grief and you're going to go through things. Everybody's going to go through things. And I found myself turning to tarot during those times to sort out myself mm -hmm. because sometimes I would be feeling just negative or depressed or really uncertain about where things were going and tarot uh, really served as kind of a compass mm. it helped me to know that you're going to get through this here's things you can do for yourself so my practice evolved from just looking for am i going to get asked out to really trying to solve um issues and to work through my feelings because feelings can be very complicated but if we don't deal with our feelings that's not good Mm -hmm. feelings are healing is one of the things i always say mm -hmm. so it really allowed me to get in touch with all those deeper aspects all those big big inner things that needed to get worked on and the same thing with my clients i mean mm -hmm. i've helped my clients through some really heavy heavy things and i'm just really grateful that i've been able to be there on the journey with them and tarot's been again super helpful for that yeah. So when you like when you come to the cards in these seasons of your life, like what are some examples of questions 
maybe that you brought to the cards? Because you have a section in the book where you you encourage people to steer away from like the yes or no kinds of questions or maybe even like the prediction kind of questions. And you have like a specific way to frame those questions. So like for you in your life, like in your season of grief that you describe in the book, like what types of questions were you bringing to the cards in, in that time? That's a great question about questions. <laughs> uh, yes and no questions are very helpful because sometimes things don't have a black and white answer. Mm -hmm. uh, another question that's not helpful is to ask something like, will I? When you're saying will i you're assuming that you have no say in the matter and you know you're looking at them for a straight up pro you're looking for a straight up uh prediction or a guarantee on something mm -hmm. and that's not the way life works either i found that it's better to ask something like this let's say the question is i am dealing with the grief of my alien cat which is something i'm dealing with right now i've mm -hmm. got a cat that's old he's sick he's diabetic we're giving him shots it's very complicated mm -hmm. so instead of saying something like you know will my cat be okay i can ask what do i need to know to bring my cat comfort at this time mm. now when you're asking what do i need to know you might still get an idea of where things are going but you're going to get helpful information so i can be present which is the key ultimately with life is being present you know so many of us hang out in the past or we're worried about the future present moment is all that matters mm. And so now I know at the present moment, okay, I have an idea what I can do for this cat. Mm -hmm. And now let's hope that that steers it in the right direction. Yeah. Another good thing to ask is what do I need to know about? Like, what do I need to know about my cat right now? That might give me some information about how the cat's doing, how the cat's feeling, what the cat needs from me. And again, this may seem like kind of a weird example but animals are very important to animal lovers yeah um, they're like part of the family so yeah. i've done many many readings about animals over the years mm. but that would be a great example of how to ask the right question yeah that's really good so i, I think like in, in hearing that i think like some of our listeners might be wondering like when you pose the question who are you posing the question to like in your mind are you posing it to this deck of cards that's in front of you or are you posing it to God, if you believe in God, are you posing it to the universe? If it's the universe that you believe in, like what, when you, when, when you, or when other people asked the question, who are they directing that question to? Well, first of all, you are directing it to the cards. Mm -hmm. so again, the cards are a tool. What are they yeah. doing? They're helping you to access your own inner wisdom, which is God given. Mm -hmm. We all have that. Whether you're using the word God, universe, whatever, I tend to look at it as all kind of the same. Yeah. So ultimately, it's a tool. It acts your inner wisdom, which is part of the universal thing. And it's giving you an opportunity to tap into that. You know, so many people think that they have to look outside of themselves for answers. So they'll come yeah. to something like tarot. But tarot, is, it's tricking you because it's forcing you to look within. <laughs> and that's where all the answers are. You know, one of the things that I remember um, growing up Catholic is the statement, the kingdom is within you. Yep. And that's really, really true. But I think we tend to like misinterpret that we have all the information all the wisdom we need right within ourselves we just yeah. have to go there yeah yeah that's right i've been really into the some of the gnostic scriptures lately and there's the gospel of thomas which isn't gnostic but it's whatever uh, but anyway in the in the in this particular saying jesus says the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of god is both within you and it's without you and i feel like that's something that the, the cards have really been helpful for me to see is because like you said i've seen 
answers to different things. I've seen perspective to things that were inside of me that I didn't see before, but it's also helped open my eyes to things around me that I didn't notice before either that were going on in my life because I might pull a card, meditate on it, think about it, and then I'll see something about a particular situation like, aha, like it's been there the whole time, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? Right. Yeah. So many things that are right under our nose, but you know, we don't pay attention. One of the things I say is oftentimes we get to a point in our life and we're like, well, how did I get here? It's like that talking head song. Right. How did I get here? <laughs> and when you start asking that question mm-hmm. and start looking back at the decisions you've made, and the things sometimes we make these decisions, we're not even doing any kind of deep thinking about how it might impact our lives or how it might impact the next 10 minutes, the next 10 months, the next 10 years, or other people. Yeah. We don't think about that. And then 10 years later, it's like, whoa what was that you weren't thinking and again when we talk about this whole present moment thing when we are fully present with our feelings with our circumstances when we are here in the moment we're going to be more likely to make decisions that may or may not turn out to be the best thing but it's going to be right for us we want to make sure that we are not asleep at the wheel the more aware and awake we are the more conscious we are the better our lives will be and tarot again we could say it's a tool for consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. Do you mind if I share a piece of my story with you? And yeah, maybe, maybe it might have a, there might be a question here somewhere or there might not be, maybe you'll just respond to it. I don't really know. But um, I told you before about, about my, my father had, had passed away and I grew up before, before I get into that, I grew up in the, in the evangelical world, right? So very conservative, very fundamentalist. It's our way or the highway kind of thing. And I heard about, you know, tarot cards growing up and even in college and seminary. Uh, But we were taught that they were like nothing more than these entry points for demons to get into my life. And so like the good Christian that I was, you know, I steered clear of all of that for about 40 years of my life. Now, I've obviously evolved, you know, a bit a bit past that. Um, But even so, when I got my first tarot deck about about a year ago, like I mentioned earlier, I was like super nervous and like that Christian soldier inside was like you know you're you're going to hell you know all the different things that you were taught are coming are about to come true but even so like i opened up the deck um i got some different books and uh, i found it all very helpful and like i said earlier like i fell in love with them because i saw these different parallels on the images of the cards to these images in the bible that i grew up with in private christian school and bible college and seminary and, and, and things like that there's so many parallels but Back in March, my, my father passed away, and that sent me into this place of grief that I just never really experienced before. Um, so your book has been extremely helpful, like really resonating with me. Um, but I had grown up in the church, and like I said before we hit record, you know, I felt like I was just taught all my life to put my own feelings aside and to put my own grief aside. Everybody else is much more important than me. You know, you have a church that has to keep going. You have sermons you have to keep preaching you have bible says you got to keep doing people relying on you and so you got to stuff it all away and this time like when my father passed away i remember i was driving home from the hospital and i said like i can't do this anymore like i don't even know what it means to grieve like i couldn't remember the last time i really had a good cry because i just literally stuff everything away to be there for everybody else and so i had been using tarot for about six months prior to that and I've been using, was using various decks. And so I decided to really integrate that into 
my practice of grief and really trying to access these different kinds of feelings. And so again, your book has been has been very timely. But I feel like I've been able to use the cards to hear, like to hear from from God, to hear from the divine, like in place in times when I feel like I'm not really hearing from God in places I normally would, like whether it's through my Bible or whether it's through prayer, whatever. I feel like the cards have, like we said earlier, like shown me something that's there. I just haven't been able to see it, maybe because it's been covered up by my own grief or whatever. I've, I feel like I've been able to hear from my inner my inner self. And I feel like even in a way, I've been able to hear from my dad in a way, because sometimes like I'll, I'll use the cards and I'll ask the cards a question. I feel like I'm asking my dad a question. I don't really know what I'm asking, but I'm asking somebody, somebody a question. I feel like there's a connection there between me and, and, and my dad and, and his soul. And so I guess if I had to formulate all of that into a question, it would be like in, in various seasons of life, like what, what advice would you have for, for best practices? Like, do you do, do you use the cards differently in season of like joy and happiness when things feel like they're going really well? And then do you use it differently when a season of grief comes? Like, is it possible to use them to connect with the soul of a family member? Like, I feel like there's a lot there to discuss. I don't know where you want to begin, but that's my story. And I'll let you take us down, <laughs> down a rabbit hole. <laughs> we can go down millions of rabbit holes here. You know, yeah. when I grew up, my parents, again, uh, we talked earlier before that they never really had an issue with anything with tarot. Mm -hmm. They were more concerned with the music I was listening to because they thought that was a gateway into something. I was really taught bad. that too. <laughs> yes. It's like, why do they think gateway? Everything's a gateway, you know, with my ACDC, children. ACDC, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and with my kids, I was like, yeah, listen to whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, my kids are the biggest goody two-shoes on the planet <laughs> because they did have that, that kind of fear put into them mm -hmm. uh, you know it's funny because my son listens to jazz he doesn't listen to any of the crazy stuff i was listening to back <laughs> in the day um so anyhow just you know i just had to put that in there it, it you know we we lead with so much fear about stuff yeah. and i think that that doesn't help anybody at all to process any situation yeah and i also grew up in a household my father was you know 100 german and very German. He was born 1915. He was 50 when I was born. So you were not supposed to have a an attitude. You were not supposed to cry. I was a cry baby because I was yeah. very sensitive. Yeah. And so I was told, you know, you got to manage your temper. You can't do this. You can't do that. You got to be strong. Got to take care of your mom. Your mom's sick. You mm -hmm. got to take care of your siblings. You're the eldest daughter. And so I was also taught I got to stuff those feelings. Mm -hmm. And I'm meanwhile in this house of extroverts who are loud and I just wanted to be quiet so I could figure out what was going on inside of myself. Yeah. So uh, very early on also, I learned I had to stuff things. Hmm. Couldn't talk about it. There was gonna be shame about that. And shame is also, shame and fear. Everybody needs to get those, shame, blame, and fear. Those are three very, very harmful, harmful things that do not serve any purpose except to make people not deal with things. Mm. And so what ended up happening then, um, you know, as I got older and really started seeing how that stuff would come out inappropriately, because that's what happens when you stuff something, suddenly you have anger. And now I tend to be more of an anger person than a sad person, mm -hmm. but I would have all this pent up anger and resentment. It would come out at the worst times because I wasn't dealing with it wasn't dealing with it. And when I started working with tarot and, you know, doing all kinds of other things to start dealing with that anger, number one, I started feeling a lot better. Mm. And I felt like my life became more honest. Mm. 
and I was able to process things faster and better. Doesn't mean it was always perfect. Feelings are always messy, but I was able to process it differently and better. Stuffing is not good. Mm. Uh, again, feelings are healing. It's better to have those feelings that are negative and express them somewhere that's safe rather than stuffing inside because it comes out again at the worst times. Yeah. Or I really feel also when you don't process those feelings, oftentimes the universe is going to find a way to get you to pay attention to them. So it's better for us to deal with it and, and to remember that it's human to have these feelings. Yeah. It's part of the human experience to experience loss and grief and caregiving and anger and resentment and all of that stuff. It's human. It's what makes us, it's what makes us real. So yeah. um, Tarot really taught me a lot about that. And one of the things I'm going to tell you is when my life is joyful and everything's peachy keen, I hardly ever reach for my cards. Mm. I don't think about it. As soon as something, something is hitting the fan, first thing I'm doing is going to those cards. Now this year, um, just real, I'm not going to go into the details, sure. has been a very hard year. Mm. And it's kind of ironic after I wrote the book, uh, 2023 has been very, very tough. I have a situation going on. I have a few situations going on at once, but there's one in particular that's been incredibly hard, something I never thought I'd be dealing with. And I have never done so many tarot readings in my life mm. as I've done this last year. Mm. And I just had to, like, part of me kind of laugh. It's like, maybe you write in that book, <laughs> kind of <laughs> open up this possibility. <laughs> but it's been, it's been, I got to tell you, um, Glenn, this has just been a doozy of a year. And mm. I know that there's an end in sight to the situation I'm dealing with. And tarot, as much as this sounds weird, it's been keeping me sane. It's yeah. like, okay. It's, it's showing me what I'm dealing with here. It's showing me my emotional thing, what I need to take care of myself right now, how I need to handle this situation. It's showing me the light at the end of the tunnel. It's keeping me going. Hmm. So when something is rough, let me tell you, I'm going to consult those cards. When my life is going hunky-dory, that's the last thing I'm thinking about. I'm throwing on some David Bowie. I'm eating cookies. I'm not worrying about anything. <laughs> yeah. But as soon as I worry. Hmm that's when they come out and this year's again this year has really been the year where i've never done so many tarot readings in my life as this yeah. year has that always been the case for you like have you always been have you always gone to the cards when life has thrown the curveballs was there ever a of time course. when it was like a like even in the in the happy times when you would use the card like is, is is that been a shift for you or has that been like always the case well i always get a yearly reading i tend to go with astrologers instead of tarot mm -hmm. readers because here's the thing, you can read your own cards. I love reading my own cards and I can read my own cards really well. Hmm. And I like getting an other consultation because I want to see what someone else has to say. And so once or twice a year, I get an astrology reading. Uh, if I get a tarot reading, tarot readers are also intimidated to read for me. They're thinking I'm going to grade them. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll go to an astrologer. They, right. Even though I wrote books on astrology, no astrologer ever, ever is like that with me. And so I'll get a reading like once or twice a year. Uh, the two readers I generally go with are Sam Reynolds and Anne Orderly. They're great, by the way, if anyone's listening. Fabulous. And sometimes if I'm lucky, I'll get a reading from Mecca Woods, who is another amazing astrologer. Mm -hmm. So I've got a couple of my key astrologer people. And those I do not when there's an emergency. Those are just general life. I want to see what's, what, what you see, what areas I can work on, where I can strengthen things. I get mm -hmm. my advice. But when I'm really worried, when I'm stressed that's when the tarot comes out for me yeah and i prefer to do my own yeah hmm. interesting yeah i'm feeling like it's because i'm thinking about my own i again i'm like super new to it but 
for me, like there, there are, I think before my dad passed away, I wasn't really using them as much. Like he had cancer. So they, their things were progressing downward fast, but even, even then, like I didn't really grab them as often, but now I feel like since he's passed away, I've been in this season of grief and I feel like I'm all out of sorts. I feel like I reach yeah. for them multiple times a day. Sometimes I'll do it in the morning yeah. Sometimes I'll be like, today just was horrible. So I'll do it again, like at night, you know, and just try to get like that added perspective. And I'm, what I'm really finding interesting is that I will pull the same card multiple times, which is yeah, really, happens. it's almost like freaky to me because like I'll pull one day, it was like the same card for three days in a row. I'm like, what are the chances of this? Because there's 78 cards. I shuffled them really good and I'm pulling them a completely random and it's the same card multiple times in a week. The tarot's trying to get your attention when that happens. Yeah. Um, and by the way, one of the things that I found really helpful when people pass on is I have a book that in the book, I have a mediumship reading I do. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't consider myself a medium. My friend, John Edward is a medium. He's amazing. He can see you know, spirit around you. Some people have that gift. I don't. I have had loved ones and I've had clients, loved ones visit me in my dreams. So when I'm mm -hmm. in my, when I'm in my sleeping state, that's when I can have these very profound messages coming from the other side. And I know some people don't believe in an afterlife. Listen, I'm open-minded because I'm open-minded to almost anything. <laughs> and, but um, I started, I developed a tarot spread mm. many years ago to just get some messages from the other side. Because one thing that I found when we are dealing with the grieving process, part of it's because we wish we had more time mm. to speak or one last chance to hear what our loved ones have to see, or we want to know what's going on with them. Yeah. And I'm a nosy person. I want to know what's going on. And so I developed that reading and been using it for a long time. And it's always brought incredible comfort to my clients mm. because first of all nobody has ever turned down a mediumship reading they're always like oh my god yes can you do that i'm like with tarot we can mm. get some messages for you and it might help you mm. and i know it's helped me uh one time i i did i just taught a class on tarot for mediumship and i actually put this spread in the book too i decided to do a reading on my dad and i've had plenty of visits from him and my father i always laugh because my father was a farmer and he lived in farm clothes work clothes and worked in a foundry and, and had foundry clothes. That's what you saw my dad in. But every time he's visited me in my dreams, he's dressed to the nines with a fedora, a fancy cane and all that. And I always laugh and I'm like, dad is hanging out with Halston on the other side because this is not the way he was in real life. <laughs> but I did this spread because one day I was curious. I thought, oh, let's just see, let's see what dad's up to. And when I did the spread, it just kind of blew me away so much that I took a picture of it. I wrote it down. I kept that spread. I use it as the example in the book. The final card of that um, reading is the Queen of Wands. Mm -hmm. Now, the Queen of Wands represents a fiery person who identifies as female. Uh, it could be a Leo, Sagittarius, or Aries. Well, my mother had passed away about four years before my father died. Mm -hmm. And my father never got over it. I mean, he grieved hard. My mother and father were like best friends. So mm. it was very, very hard for him. And so when he passed and I did that reading, it was like the universe was letting me know he was with her. And it was the final card. It's the focal point. And just getting to her was his goal. Mm. And so it was really, really helpful. And I just thought, well, these two lovebirds are united. And he couldn't be happier getting out of here to be with her. Yeah. Super profound. Yeah. I needed that message. Yeah, that's so good. 
So how do you go about like, because thinking about, you're talking about pulling cards, talking about getting these messages. How does somebody go about developing their intuition in terms of reading these cards? Because like in the tradition I grew up in, there's a verse in the Bible that says your heart is deceitful, is wicked, you know, above all things. And that was always the the message was, you know, those inner voices, the inner stuff, you want to ignore that because you need to look for your guidance from the church. You need to look for your guidance from your pastor, from your from your Bible, you know, from God. You never really go in. You got to go outside. And so that was one of the biggest things I had trouble with when I first got my cards. Everybody's talking about intuition and listening to the inner voice. Again, that Christian soldier was like, no, you can't listen to that, to that voice. And so somebody now who's like trying to get past that, and maybe they've got their first deck of cards and they're trying to develop that. We can obviously use books because your book, other books are very helpful in terms of the meaning of the cards. But I'm even finding that sometimes like I'll, I'll pull a card and it will say something to me that is maybe even almost the opposite of what I see in a book. But for whatever reason, there's something inside of me saying, no, this is what this card means for you in this moment right now. And so I'm becoming more comfortable in listening to that. But maybe somebody is trying to develop, loosen their, I guess, loosen their their grip on all the other things they've been told to, to listen to and trying to really embrace that inner voice. Like what advice would you have for them? First of all, we all have intuition. Every one of us has it. Mm-hmm. It is an instinct that's within us and it's to protect us. And if we do not listen to our intuition, it's going to get us in a lot of trouble. And one of the things I would urge your listeners to do is buy one book. It's called The Gift of Fear by Gavin De Becker. Mm-hmm. Now, Gavin De Becker is a famous, like, I think he's a detective, whatever. He's actually the guy that helped Jeff Bezos figure out who leaked the photos of him and his partner. Mm-hmm. So he's a very, very interesting guy. Um, but the book talks about how our intuition saves our lives and how we are taught to ignore it and be nice. And being nice gets us in a lot of trouble. Yep. And one thing I will say is my intuition has saved my life on multiple occasions. I never ignore it. If I get a funny feeling, I'm like, mm I'm going with that immediately. Mm. Now, one of the things that I will say also is, you know, growing up with farm folks, my parents were eighth grade educated. And when you are coming from that kind of a background, they did not have like the knowledge, the wisdom or the skills in many things that, you know, other people who are better educated might have. So they had to go by their gut. Sometimes I would even wonder, how did these two even make it in the world? <laughs> well, they were intuitive. They went by their intuition. Something didn't feel right. If mom had a funny feeling. Mm. We listened to that. We honored that. And so a lot of times when people, um, you know, don't have like lived experience like a child, or if they don't have like, you know, some kind of an academic thing or a belief system that that gets in the way, um, they're following they're just going with their instincts mm. and instincts will tell you a lot. Babies follow instincts, animals follow instincts and people who develop their intuition. What happens is when they have that connection, you're making far better decisions. Mm. You're making far better decisions. And I'm going to say this about intuition. If God didn't want you to feel things like intuition, you wouldn't have that ability. Why would you stuff that? Why mm. would you ignore that? Again, it's, it saved my life. And so how we can develop an intuition is very simple. Listen, pay attention, pay attention to what you're feeling at any given moment. What am I sensing here? Mm -hmm. And and if you feel like, okay, I don't want to do that, just write it down and then come back to your situation later and look at what your initial response was, because right there, it is giving you feedback. It's the same with tarot. 
you pull out a tarot card for a child. Okay, let's say, I'll just grab a random card here. So if you pull out a, a card for a child, it's, it's one that's really like, here, here's a card. The Six of Pentacles. Mm -hmm. A child will see them, they see beggars. They don't need to know anything about intuition. They see it, they get the image, and maybe they're going to tell me something about a beggar that they, they've met or a, an unhoused person that they were helping out through a food bank that they were involved with with their parents or their church. You know, right away, it's opening up the story. They're going with the first instinct. Um, sometimes I'll look at a card like the Four of Pentacles, and instead mm -hmm. of seeing like a miser, which is a traditional thing, I might look at this as you need to protect yourself right now. I just go with what I feel, mm. you know, even uh, by the way, I believe in learning the traditional meanings, but your intuition will always trump that. Yeah. So these are ways you can develop it. But the most important thing is you just got to listen. Yeah. And again, if you every time I go against my intuition, and I'm going to say this, and a lot of other people will probably agree, I regret it. Yeah, I always regret it. I'm like, I shouldn't have done that. I should have like, taken the other route. I should have booked another day. I always, always regret it so mm. i don't ignore it yeah i just don't yeah there's a one of the most one of the most memorable cards for me that i've pulled in the last six months since my dad passed away was a card that the meaning of the card in the books was like entirely different than the meaning that i felt inside and i don't remember which card it is so you can tell me but the picture is a guy who's like taking these swords from people he's five of swords yeah and like he's I, I guess the meaning, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the meaning traditionally is something about like stealing or taking or things like that. But for me, when I was looking at the card, I'm like, this doesn't resonate with me. And I, I just sat there and I stared at it, I stared at it, I stared at it. And I felt like this this voice inside say, you're just carrying everybody else's swords. Like you're yes. carrying everybody else's stuff. And you've been taught all your life to carry to harbor every push all your stuff away so you can carry everybody else's things but who's who's carrying your stuff you know and i felt like the yeah. voice said put down the swords and just feel your own stuff and for me like that really resonated with me in that moment even though like i couldn't find that in any of the books but i wrote it in my journal i'm like well this is what this means for me today and i'm going to sit with it and for me that was like hugely impactful in this process of grief because i just felt that real sense of freedom in that real sense that it's okay to not feel like you have to take care of everybody else in this moment that you're in. Absolutely. I mean, first of all, it's a beautiful interpretation. Mm. And I love that. Again, the cards, they're universal archetypes. You look yeah. at it like a picture book, you're going yeah. to get your story written in there. Yeah, you're going to see your story unfolding. And sometimes also, I'll do a reading for myself, it won't make a lick of sense. Mm. And I'll think what the why did I get that card? <laughs> right. Why that? And then later on, I'm like, oh my God. And yep. I pulled the card this morning too. And there were really funky cards. And I'm like, what the heck of that? I forgot about it. And right before I got on this call with you, a loved one texted me that about a situation. I'm like, oh, ah. it wasn't for me. That yep. message was for them. And now I'm going to be helping them through that situation. That's right. That's right. It's so cool how that works. And so cool. It's almost like you, you pull a card in the morning and it makes no sense to you until you have the context for it later on in the day, yes. right? Like, aha, that's what that means. That is one of actually a really great way to practice tarot, but also intuition. Yeah. In the morning, 
I mean, Julia Cameron writes about morning pages for writers. I think that's really brilliant, but you can do that with tarot. Yeah. Get up in the morning, pull a card, just jot down a couple of thoughts. I always pull a card every day. I've been doing that, you know, for over 40 years. And then later on, come back at the end of the day. What did that mean? Hmm. How did that show up? Did it not show up at all? If not, hmm, why? And remain curious and just jot down your later reflections. Now, I'm a big fan of journaling. I love to journal. That's one of my other favorite things to do. Mm. It really works for developing your intuition and developing tarot. I also have a dream journal too, which I haven't written in a while because I wasn't dreaming really good, but I started dreaming better. Mm. <laughs> um, so I recommend writing all these things down. Um, actually, my publisher, Wiser, we created a Wiser Tarot Journal together. That is the ideal tarot journal, but uh, it has a space for later reflection. And later reflection is often when those aha moments happen. Mm. Yeah. So good. All right. We're getting short on time, but before we're done, uh, would you mind doing pulling a tarot card for our listeners or for myself or whatever, however we want to do it uh, and just give us and speak, speak, speak to us something from, from your yeah. own intuition. <laughs> we're going to pull one card for you and one for your listeners. Okay. So let's do that. By the way, I always shuffle the cards up. Then I put them face down. I cut them into three piles and um that's just my method i always use the left hand why because i'm a left-handed person number one and number two the left hand is closest to your heart and therefore the the message comes mm. from your heart so first of all for you we have the knight of wands you are about to go on an amazing journey this is going to be a journey that takes you to places you've never gone before so one thing you want to do is remain curious remain open to the experiences and go forward and be brave and bold you never know what you're going to discover about life or yourself mm. knight of wands for you now mm. what do we got for your listeners whoops try not to drop these things we have the <laughs> ten of swords ten of swords is reversed mm. and by the way i read reversals a lot of readers don't please don't feel that you have to read reversals you can choose to ignore it but i find reversals give us 78 different more additional meanings and i'm a gemini we always love as many different things <laughs> many as angles you as you can get <laughs> yes and when the ten of swords is reversed it symbolizes like we're letting go of something mm. we're releasing something so i would say for your listeners whatever's been pinning you down you're now ready to let that go mm. and as you let that stuff go you're going to feel so much lighter and brighter and you're going to be able to move in much different ways so don't fear letting go mm. it's happening naturally anyways mm. You're getting lighter. Hmm. So that is the message. It's so good. Wow. Well, Teresa, I could talk to you all day. I could book you for the next three hours. We could have a much longer conversation, but thank you so much for taking time for me, for listeners. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me, Glenn. It has been a joy. And I, yes, I could talk for a few more hours. We got plenty to say. Definitely. And real quick, where can people go to connect with you online? What are the best places? The absolute best place is my website, thetarolady.com. That's where everything is happening. I've also got a Patreon where I do teaching and have daily card of the day, daily forecast for folks. Um, so those are two really excellent ways to connect with me. And of course, you can find me on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on uh, threads and all of that. But uh, I'm mostly active on Instagram. So check me out there. And awesome. And the Tarot Lady. Awesome. I'll put the links in the show notes and we'll do it again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.